Confessions from a Pastor's Wife. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. I know this episode was supposed to be out last week, so I really appreciate all of you for being patient with me. Um, I just felt like I needed more time with it. My spirit was very unsettled um, the few times that I had recorded, so I just felt the Lord say, calm down, it's okay, gather your thoughts. And uh, I just meditated with the Lord and, you know, he gave me some different insights, some new insights. So thank you so much for being patient. Um, if you do like the content of this video, please don't forget to like and subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. And then you can also find this podcast on Apple and Spotify podcasts. So what I'm going to talk about today is parenting, the struggles that I've had with it, um, the experiences that I've gone through with um, my oldest son in particular. Uh, and I want to talk about the struggles that our kids are going through that are different from when we were younger. They have a lot more coming at them. Um, and just some scriptures that have really um, provided me some insight and some comfort. So um, first of all, all the parenting books and all of the people that you talk to, um, like parenting gurus, they tell you to lead by example. The greatest example is is you when when your kids are watching you, right? So for me, I feel like I'm a bit I'm at a bit of a disadvantage because I come from a broken home. My family, my mom and my dad divorced when I was quite young and um, it wasn't an easy divorce. There were um, lots of, there was lots of negativity, lots of fighting to the point where I stopped having a relationship with my dad because it was so negative. And then now I don't have a relationship with my mom because when all the information came out about my abuse from her husband, she made the decision to stay with him. So I feel like I don't have a very good example, um, you know, from when I became a mom at 21 to now. Um, but I mean, yeah, so, um, so I don't speak with my parents. So how do I lead by example that way? And then like I said, I had my son, Ethan, when I was 21. Um, I had him by myself. The, the father didn't want anything to do with that, and that was fine. I didn't want to push anything on him. But, you know, from a very early age, Ethan's been rejected. And then when I got married to my first husband, I don't think that he treated Ethan differently, but you know kids can pick up on emotions, and I know Ethan felt like it wasn't quite right. There wasn't quite a connection that he was hoping for. The the um, father-son connection he was looking for. And so I just watched Ethan over the years go from this bright, shiny, happy-go-lucky little boy to a very into himself, um, not very open. He used to talk to me about everything and now he's not very open. And I understand that um, some boys go through that, you know, boys will gravitate towards their dads and, and girls will gravitate towards their moms. And I was prepared for that, but I don't think I was as prepared for the um, trials and, and the speed bumps, I guess I'll say, that came with Ethan getting older. Um, he started to retreat into video games and that video gaming world, and then it, he went into like being able to talk to them, to these, to these people online, and then, you know, into the social media thing, that started getting bigger. And so I found that Ethan was surrounding himself with people that were going through problems, right? So, you know, when you were young, 
you were going through some issues and you thought every time your parents told you, no, you can't do that, they were holding you down, they're holding me back and they don't understand my life and all this. Cause I remember thinking that too. And so um, Ethan surrounding himself with, you know, social media and, and these people who are going through the same um, struggles that he's going through, whether it be um, friends or family. But for Ethan, it got to the point where there was a boy he was talking to and it sounded like his parents were abusing him. And Ethan felt so badly for this person that he started to take on some of those feelings. Like he's an empathetic person to understand how his friend was feeling. He started taking that on. And I think part of him felt like he was being abused when he wasn't. So it just created this atmosphere and, you know, with social media, there's algorithms. So the more negative stuff you look at, the more negative stuff is going to come at you, right? So I just find it was very confusing for him. And, uh, you know, it. I was dealing with disobedience and then I got remarried. And, you know, I felt like I was finally in a stable relationship that I could model to him, right? Um, and it, it just maybe it was just a bit too late. He, like he was turning 16 now, like 15, 16. And, you know, those formidable years where you're being shaped, he was met with a lot of rejection. So um, the one time that I disciplined, um, he had lied to me about being at work and uh, came up with this whole plan. And if I hadn't called work to find out where he was because he was late, I never would have known. Um, so when I found that he lied to me, I explained to him what was going to happen if he did this thing again. And it was, I was going to take away his PS4 and his cell phone. And like, I had given him so many chances with all of the, the discipline or sorry, with all of the, um, all the times that he was pushing my boundaries, I was telling him, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So he knew. So it was very frustrating when I actually had to do it. Like, I don't like disciplining my kids. I don't like that feeling. It hurts me. So when I did that, I looked at it as this is a privilege that I'm allowing you to have because I'm the one who bought it and gave it to you. Um, and so now I'm going to take that privilege back because you've demonstrated that, you know, you don't respect the rules that I've set out. And he viewed it as that was his property. His whole world were in these devices and I took it from him. And that was such an overstep. I was being abusive by taking away his property. So there was two differing views that we never actually got to talk about. Um, so the next day he moved out and I haven't seen him. That was last year. Um, so, I mean, we've been in contact and everything and I have seen him a couple of times, but he's still not living in my house. So it's been really difficult. And I guess part of me wants to share this with you because I feel like people think that pastors' families don't go through things. And I mean, we're not immune. We struggle like everybody else. We're not perfect people. We are still human beings. So me dealing with Ethan moving out has been, I went through grief. I'm still going through grief. And it's very hard for me to share my experience because I am a private person, but being obedient to God, and I feel like this is going to help a lot of people because I know there's a lot of parents out there struggling. So when I'm sitting there thinking like how torn my heart is because my son has left me and rejected me, I started thinking about God. 
And I remember thinking about how terrible it must feel for him because every single day people reject him. There are 8 billion people on this earth and not every one of them believes in God. And that is such a big, massive scale compared to what I'm going through. So the amount of hurt that I feel is so minute compared to God. But in that moment, I felt he was relatable to me. And, um, and we were going kind of through the same thing, like I said, on a smaller scale for me. And so I started thinking about this passage um, in Genesis chapter six. It's about the flood in the days of Noah. Um, everyone in the days of Noah didn't believe in God. They were all rejecting him, all sinning. And Noah and his family were the only ones that weren't. So um, the passage I'm going to talk to you about where I found comfort is uh, Genesis chapter six, verse five, said the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had, he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. That right there, when I was going through my grief, I started thinking to myself, what was it for? I sacrificed my 20s. I, there was a lot of opportunities that I didn't get to have. I watched my friends explore because they didn't have a child so young. And, um, you know, you start thinking to yourself, what was it all for if he was just going to reject me like this? And you start thinking like, it's, I'm ashamed to admit it, but it's like, it's almost like a feeling of regret. Now I will say this right now, do not regret my children, not for a minute, even with all the struggles that I've gone through, it's worth it. They are worth it. I love them unconditionally. But this passage right here, when you're going through hard times and those thoughts come in, I think it's okay to feel that way. You know, it shows that you're human and even God felt that way, but, you know, but it, I think it's okay if you have those thoughts. I would never tell that those, those thoughts to my children. I would make sure they never feel that way. Um, and I also want to make sure that if you have those thoughts, you don't sit and dwell in it. You need to make sure that you ask God to help you out of that. Because if you sit and dwell in it, you're going to think I'm a horrible person. I don't deserve these children. And you're going to get into a further depression, despair, sorrow. It's, it's not going to be good for you. So um, it's okay to feel it for a second and then come out of it. And um, another verse that really helped me because now I feel like there's a lot of things going on in the world to suggest that we are in end times. And I know you hear that from a lot of different generations, but so much is lining up and I really feel that way. And so second Timothy has really been helpful to me as well. It's chapter three and it is, uh, it starts at verse two it says for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what's good. I mean, I see that all over our culture, our, our society, all over social media. People only care about themselves. People only think that they're right. People, it seems that like, the things that are considered evil is now good and now good is considered evil. I mean, look at the Grammys. That was a great um, explanation of that. You know, you have these people doing these satanic things and it's 
It's things that are causing confusion. It's things that are causing division within our society. Um, and I really feel like that's the enemy. He's got his fingerprints all over it. So this passage brought me hope because maybe it's not my parenting. Maybe it's the times. God made you for such a time as this. This could be it. And so, you know, Ethan may have to go through this. It might be part of his growth. It might be part of his journey. And I need to be okay with that. I can't be so self-focused to think like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? I could have done everything right. I could have come from a perfect family and this still could have happened. Sometimes it's out of your control. So this brought me a lot of comfort. Um, and I hope that that can do that for you as well. And so I also want to talk about the struggles that our children are facing and, and things that are being thrown at them. So I did talk about social media and, you know, the algorithm that social media has. And every time you look at something, um, and so if you're in a, a negative space, you're going to tend to want to look at negative things. You know, you're going to want to tend to latch on to people who are either going through what you're going through or understand what you're going through. And I feel like that's a lot of influ influencers right now. I've seen a couple of videos where it's a confused individual and they're reaching out to children, saying to them, you know, in the videos, your parents don't understand you. They're, they're not raising you right. And I understand you. And, and, uh, I know what can make it all better. And they're just inviting your children into their confusion, which is going to create more confusion with your kids. So I think that we really, as parents, need to be vigilant in what things they're looking at on social media and um, educate yourselves if you don't understand something. I know I educated myself on pronouns and genders because my kids, the my younger two, they have kids in their school who are identifying as a certain gender. And so if my kids have questions, I want to be able to answer that for them. If they get confused, I want to be able to help them through it if I can. I want to keep the lines of communication open and I don't want them to come to me and me be like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about and shut them down and make them feel unheard. Because maybe that was something that I did with Ethan. You know, I didn't, there was times he would try to talk to me about things and it was just not something I was interested in. So, but these are the struggles that our kids are going through. So think about when you were young um, and all the hormones that you were going through and you were starting, starting high school and that's scary enough on its own. And then, you know, you might be dating someone and it's, oh, is this person my high school sweetheart? sweetheart? Is that going to be my husband or wife? Or are we going to have kids? Or where are we going to live? What am I going to be when I grow up? All these big questions. And then like the hormones and, and all of that and, how, why am I feeling this way? And still not being able to really identify what's going on inside of you. It's a really weird thing that happens. And I, I think we can all remember that. But now you have social media coming at you saying, well, if you feel this way, you might be this label. If you feel this way, you might be that label. So now it's just like compounded with labels now and, and division and, and confusion. Like I know I keep repeating myself, but that's what I see in some social media circles. And I mean, not, not all social media is bad. I use it um, to spread the gospel, to talk about Jesus, to testify how he's changed my life. I go on TikTok, it's Christian TikTok, and I've been introduced to so many people who have a hunger for the word of God as I do, and I'm learning so much. So it can be a positive space if you let it. But I don't find that that's what our kids are gravitating 
excuse me, towards. So I think we need to be educated on that and, and what they're watching. Um, and I think we need to guide them properly. I think that if you don't allow your kids to experience some of the world or educate them on how some people live outside of your home and you keep them in this little box of protection and then you send them out into the world, they can get culture shocked. I know a few people when I was going to college, they were going to college and they were, um, they were some of my church friends and they had never been to a party. They had never, you know, experienced what that entails. They, they just, you know, they just didn't have that upbringing and they didn't even talk about it. And so they get to college and see the atmosphere and the culture. And it was shocking to them to the point where some of them quit school. So I think we need to prepare our children for the world out there, right? We can't protect them from everything, but I feel like if we give them the tools they need to succeed, they will do well. And when they have questions about how someone is living, they'll be able to either come to me and talk about it, or maybe even strike up a conversation with that person. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a, a smart thing to do for our kids. So um, guiding them without smothering them. And at the end of the day, our greatest weapon for our kids is prayer. Praying for your children is the best sword that God can give you. I have been praying for Ethan every day since he left. I have other people praying for Ethan and I see his heart softening. I know he has to go through this and there's going to be purpose with it. So I'm just going to keep praying over him. And I'm going to pray that he's going to get to a point where he wants to come back. That prodigal son is going to return and we're going to have a great relationship. And that might be the same thing for you. Even if your children are in your house, but they're straight arming you, give them a little bit of space. Some kids, you know, they just need space. Make sure that they're safe, but give them their space. And when they're ready to talk to you, they will come to you, but make sure you have an open heart. You know, make sure that they know that your love is unconditional. That no matter what they do, you will always be there for them. Maybe that's something that I didn't do for Ethan growing up. And I have learned that now, you know, I've, I have a blended family now. So I've learned quite a lot from blending families and seeing where my stepkids came from. And I know what they grew up with. Um, and it was very God-based home. And, you know, now I see them trying to venture off in the world. And sometimes they'll go down a road that maybe isn't quite right, but never once will my husband, their father say, you know what, that's wrong. You know, he waits and if they come to him with a question he makes he will let them know if they ask him you know is my behavior okay he will let them know with so much grace and god has put me through some trials th through the blended family to teach me grace and patience and i think that that is something that my other two are going to benefit from and even ethan is going to benefit from one day so you're not alone in your struggles, parents. I'm with you. Every day, I'm, I'm going through the same things that you are. And I think that if we band together and if we pray for each other and if we're gracious with each other, with ourselves, you know, eventually our kids, 
they'll they'll get themselves right. I know Ethan he'll he'll he's meant for something, you know. I I have that feeling he's meant for something great. Another um talking about my stepkids, another verse that really provided me comfort was Proverbs 22 verse 6. Direct your children onto the right path and when they're older they won't leave it. They will not leave it. And I see that with them and that gives me so much hope that if I just continue doing this with my children and modeling the relationship that I have now with my husband, we are both very God-centered and that's who we go to with our struggles, with our marriage struggles, with our family struggles, like God is the forefront. And I feel like if my kids see that functioning relationship, they might veer off, but they'll, they will come back. And that gives me so much hope. So. I hope that this was helpful for you. If you're struggling, please reach out. I'm here to talk, um, talk it through. I'm not a professional by any means. I'm not a child psychologist or anything like that. I'm just a parent trying to make their way in a world that is crazy, confusing with teenagers who are trying to figure themselves out. And I know that that's hard. So, and honestly, if you are have been what I'm, have been through what I'm going through and you're on the other side and you have a great relationship with that child, I would love to hear about it because I could really use some encouragement. Thank you so much for supporting me in this and uh, I will see you next week.